This episode is brought to you by Dietz and Watson. Uh, Molly, it's time we have the talk about hot dogs. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hey, (laughs) I'm looking for a hot dog that's the real deal, Matthew. Like a classic hot dog that like when you think of like the platonic ideal of a hot dog, Mm -hmm. I recommend Dietz and Watson's Dietz Dogs. Ah, well, I've heard that they're handcrafted and made using only Dietz and Watson premium meat. I can vouch for this because Dietz and Watson sent us a big box of hot dogs and other delights. And wife of the show, Lori, and I had them for dinner last night. We had uh, the classic beef Dietz dogs with uh, toasted buns with sauerkraut and pickled jalapenos and Dietz and Watson ballpark style yellow mustard. Do you think you'd recommend Dietz and Watson hot dogs for fried rice? Oh, yeah. Fried rice with some sliced hot dogs. I'm going to be doing that soon. Wife of the show, Lori, is going to be making the hot dog flour buns from Christina Cho's cookbook, Mooncakes and Milk Bread. Very excited for this. Mm, And I'm especially pleased because Dietz and Watson does things the right way. So this means like no additives, no fillers, no artificial flavors, no cutting corners. You can feel good about this stuff. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Shop now at Dietz slash the right way. That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. I'm Molly. And I'm Matthew. And this is Spilled Milk, the show where we cook something delicious, eat it all, and aren't even in the same uh, on the same continent to eat it together and and you still can't have any <laughs> yeah it's weird that that that's been our slogan all along like it's first of all it's very long and secondly yes. it's false most of the time but we just leaned into it and and people love it and it, it lends itself to endless variations like that's my true. extremely smooth one today yeah no i meant that we had just gone with the uh and we're on different not even on the same continent <laughs> so we can't eat the same thing in the same place at the same time i figure that's what we've been doing since episode one yeah. Uh, well, everybody, what I meant by uh, this long and and rambling uh, slogan yeah. is that Matthew's in Tokyo and I'm yes. in Seattle and I'm very jealous. But we're yeah, recording and today and we're Molly all going to be Molly has a baby jealous. and a dog and I have no responsibilities. Is this – Molly, are you familiar with the Seinfeld episode where Jerry is in first class and Elaine is in coach on the same plane? No, but I, I feel that that is exactly the situation. I, yeah, here. I think so. Yeah, yeah. Except I feel like I'm in coach, like in the old days when you could still smoke on planes, <laughs> and oh, yeah. like oh, yeah, the yeah. very back of the plane would have a smoking section. So oh, I, feel I like remember that. I'm in like the coach smoking section as a non-smoker. That's my situation right now. I'm so glad you brought that up because okay, so first of all, the topic of this episode is what's new in Tokyo because that's where I am and I have some news. <laughs> Okay. Not like any interesting news, but some news. Um, And one of the things is that I forgot to even put on the agenda is – so there's a there's a smoke anti-smoking law here now that there wasn't last time we were oh. here. It doesn't affect every place, but I would say for the most part, like we have been to only one place, one or two places where there was smoking. It like really the only places you can uh, like restaurants where you can legally smoke now are like family owned one location restaurants, which which to be fair are which- still some of the best places to go, but. In practice, like we went to a a really good chain isakaya for dinner last night, non-smoking. Fantastic. 
you know, that must be a huge change because I remember, change. you know, the last time or that I've been in Tokyo with you twice. The last mm-hmm. time was like December 2019 into January 2020. Yeah. And I think the first night we ate at Yakitorino, is that what it's called in Nakano? Yeah, that's not actually the name, but that's what oh. we call it. It's oh. also actually called Akiyoshi, but uh, Yakitorino is is what I kind of like read, tried to read off the sign the first time I was in Tokyo. And so we've called it that ever since. Well, I remember remember we could only get seated in the smoking section. Uh, we, yeah, I don't yeah. I don't think there was a non-smoking section. Oh, okay. Okay. Perfect. Well, anyway, so, so that, uh, that place is a chain. That place would be completely non-smoking now. Wow. Wow. I can't um, you know, I, I remember when most things in Seattle became non-smoking. Yeah, was was it like but, late nineties, early two thousands? I think I was already maybe here, later, so, so maybe mid two thousands. It seems. Who knows? It seems. Yeah, we should definitely spend this episode figuring it yeah. out. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. No, we've got a lot to cover, and like producer Abby is going to edit a bunch of stuff out because I'm just going to drone on and on and on about like uh, all kinds of stuff. And I'd yeah. be happy to chime in with uh, information about uh, oh, like how little my spouse and I are sleeping. And uh, things that our dog ate today, he wasn't supposed to eat. (laughs) And, um, oh, wow, the smell of baby formula. I'm never not going to smell formula again. Like, it's just, it's everywhere. The smell... Is. I remember. I remember, like after after like Lori went back to work and stopped pumping December. Like we switched we switched to formula. And I remember, like I I tasted it. And I'm like this stuff is gross. Like like breast milk tastes tastes like sweet, and this this tastes like powder. Babies don't can't tell the difference. They don't care. Yeah. No. Ames. If anything, uh, we he he had donated breast milk for the uh-huh. first month, and now we are on formula. If anything, I would say he likes it better. Yeah. He takes it more easily. Anyway, yeah, I mean, especially because you mix it say, with a little Sprite. <laughs> oh, actually, here we use brandy. <laughs> oh, Only okay. the finest for this mm-hmm. baby. No, but all this to say, I'm not in Tokyo, uh, neither mentally nor physically. And so, Matthew, this is all going to be news to me. What's new in Tokyo? Let me let me see if I can like put you here mentally just for like the one hour that we're going to spend together right okay. now. Great. Okay. So, hey, so, okay, you and I left Tokyo just as we now know that COVID was getting started. At the time, yep. we did not know COVID was getting started. So is masking any different in Tokyo now? Oh, boy. Okay. So as people may or may not know, Japan has navigated the pandemic probably the best of any industrialized country, like, you know, the the lowest, uh, lowest rate of infection overall, the lowest deaths per capita. And Early on in the pandemic, there was lots of uh, like debate about why this is. I think to some extent there still is debate, but when you come here, like you're like, oh, okay, this is why. People wear masks here. You know, masks are for sale mm-hmm. everywhere, like fashion masks and like regular masks. When you go into a business, there's hand sanitizer, which probably doesn't make a difference, but it's there. One, we went into one place where the hand sanitizer dispensing machine took our temperature by like, you know, with like an infrared, uh, you know, thermometer on our hand, which was ridiculous because we'd just come in from the, the cold and my hand measured like 90 degrees Fahrenheit. <laughs> So, <laughs> so you, I'm recording today with a ghost. Yeah, if it was my actual body temperature, I'd be super dead. Um, <laughs> people in ads often wear masks. 
the thing that has been hard to get used to is people wear masks on the street outdoors like pretty much all the time unless you're like in a park not near anybody else and like i remember doing that in seattle like in the early days of the yeah. pandemic and yeah. uh, like you know it doesn't actually make a difference but i understand why people do it it's been tough to get used to doing that again but it's fine i also imagine that it's challenging i mean your japanese is very good but it's hard enough sometimes to (laughs) understand it's hard enough for me sometimes as a native english speaker to understand other native english speakers when we're both wearing masks yeah so I imagine that has been challenging as well. It, it has. And also like not having spoken Japanese for two years also makes it pretty challenging. Like the first few days I was like, oh, I've forgotten everything. Like I can still read fine, but I could not like speak or understand at all. It's starting to come back now having been here for a week and a half week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, you know, just this is this is like as serious as this show ever gets, I, I think. But like, you know, one thing that people say about about like COVID in Japan is that like, you know, that the main reason that Japan was able to like navigate COVID semi successfully is that it has like a very healthy underlying population, you know, like people live a long time and, uh, you know, have uh, lower lower rates of, uh, you know, common health complaints than, than the US, for example. And that is sort of that is true. But it's really that the same factors that produce a healthy population also help Japan get through COVID. So like a high level of societal trust, there is no masking law here and has not been since day one of the pandemic. People just do it because it's the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's a robust public health infrastructure. There's universal health care. You know, all of these things like create a healthy population and help you navigate a pandemic. Well, so uh, would you say that you have felt that it was that that you could feel safe, like eating in restaurants and stuff there? Yeah. So like I still I still think there is there is a good chance we might catch covid from eating in a restaurant here around, you know, unmasked people at the same time, like so far, so good. And like it feels it feels comfortable because it feels like I can trust the people around me to do their best. Sure. Sure. Yeah. But Matthew, should we move on to fun stuff? What, what about like the kinds of things that spilled milk is into, yeah. like uh, convenience stores, pastries, uh, vending machines with beverages in them? Yes. Like, uh, tell okay. me about these things. So what's going on in the world of, uh, for instance, Machi Cafe, the like cheap convenience store coffee that you and I enjoyed so much? Yeah. So, okay. So I've got news about Machi Cafe. So Machi Cafe is is Lawson Convenience Store's coffee brand. And uh, like in the past, they would like, if you order a coffee drink, they would make it for you behind the counter. And now at least at the Lawson's that I've been to, it's self-serve. They give you a packet. So I like the Cafe Mocha best. And I've learned that it is an instant coffee with, with like powdered milk packet. And I'm sure that's what they were using when we ordered it like in the past because it tastes the same, but it's still good. Well, so you take it, you take it. Actually, no, it's not, it's not powdered milk because you take it to a hot milk machine. You Oh, a hot milk machine. Yeah. God, this sounds like a really good album title, Hot Milk Machine. Hot Milk I'm Machine. I'm sure this is already I feel been like used. this would be like an 80, 80s album with like, like a busty lady on the cover, yeah. right? <laughs> I guess you're right. <laughs> and, and be like, like, it's kind of a uh, like spinal tap sort of thing. Like it's, <laughs> it's so sexist that it's crossed back over into being, we can't be offended because it's too silly. <laughs> yeah. Okay. 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 
Uh, what else is new in the world of convenience or convenience stores? Okay, the Muji section at Lawson has exploded in size and selection. And I know this is one of your favorite things. So, like, yes. tell us what yes. this is. Okay, so, well, I mean, I think that at least Americans living in, like, San Francisco or New York know Muji. Yeah. Certainly. Um, Do we have one Muji- yet in Seattle? We, I don't think we have one. Yeah. So okay. Muji is a uh, a Japanese. Uh, it's kind of like I was told that it was like the Japanese. You know what? I'm not going to explain what it is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was going to say it's like the Japanese Gap, and then I was like, "That's Uniqlo." Yeah, Muji no, it does. Is... They do have clothes, but it's kind of a it's kind of like a housewares store. Yeah, it's like um, Crate and Barrel, <laughs> but cheaper. And they also have stationery and clothes. Yes. And and, and packaged food. Uh, (laughs) But it's not a department store. Okay, it's it's not possible to explain what Muji is. It's just a state of mind. Anyway, but Muji uh, in the States, it's like, you know, you're lucky if you live in a city that has Muji stores. I always go to the Muji in New York whenever I'm there, um, which I haven't been in years. But anyway... In Tokyo, Matthew showed me that there is a Muji section in the Lawson convenience store. When when I was there, it was like a little end cap kind of situation. But there's more now? Yeah, like the Lawson by Me, which is like a pretty average size store, there's like half an aisle dedicated to Muji stuff. So like like Lori texted me that uh, that she bought a pen that she was so excited about for 110 yen, which is like 80 cents. And uh, like, uh, you know, they've got great notepads and uh, and like Muji branded food and like, uh, like, I don't know, Muji, Muji underpants, probably. Yes, yes, yeah. exactly. Or like Muji t-shirts. Like, yeah, it, it, you truly can now get everything you need for living at Lawson. Yeah, and M- Muji means like no brand. So it's it's stuff with like no there's no like brand logo on it. The br- the brand is no brand. Yes, the brand is no brand. Yes. So Matthew, what's hot in Tokyo? Do you have the latest trends for me? Oh, I have got the latest trends for you. And uh to be fair, this means like this is a thing that I saw once or twice that I didn't notice before. Okay. Uh, okay. Canales, like the little, what are what are canales, Molly? Okay. <laughs> Can you so explain a can- them? A, a canale is a French pastry that is basically made from a uh, like a custard that is yeah. poured into this uh, ornate fluted mold, and the mold has been coated with beeswax, mm-hmm. and I can't remember what else, beeswax and something else. Anyway, <laughs> and then this custard cooks for a long time, I think, at a quite low temperature, so the inside is like this. Is delicious, like uh, like creamy, eggy custard, and the outside is this burnished mm-hmm. crust that uh, it's like the most wonderful textural and flavor contrast. Yeah, so these these are like all over. Uh, Lori brought some home from just some random neighborhood bakery that had like a little uh, salt sprinkled on top. They were really good. They're they're very custardy inside, like not not yes. cakey. Really, really good stuff. There's a place near near us that uh, that sells ice cream and cantaloupes, and the logo of the shop is a cantaloupe with eyes that looks like a Pac Man ghost. So maybe now you can uh, uh, envision what they look like. Yes. Uh, okay. So so do you feel like Canales are the new like French macaron kind of situation. It seems like it's trending that way. Like, yeah, I feel like I feel like macaron. I saw like I still see them around here, but like they were everywhere for a while, and now mm-hmm. like it feels like canales are on the come up. Maybe it's so interesting to me that these really quite 
fiddly French pastries. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the truth is a lot of French pastries are fiddly, but macarons are famously difficult to make uh, to get the texture right. And canelets are these like esoteric things from Bordeaux uh, that require special molds and uh, are probably very expensive to make. Anyway, I'm fascinated that they've gone big and gotten Pac-Man eyes. If I were, if I were from Bordeaux, I would have a t-shirt that just said esoteric thing from Bordeaux. <laughs> and it would be me. <laughs> you still can have that t-shirt. Okay, that's true. I can have any t-shirt I want. Yes. American chewy cookies seem to be a real trend here. I've seen those in a lot of places. Have not tried any because we can get American chewy cookies at home. I'm sure they're good. So is that, uh, I mean, would it be chocolate chip as well as like snickerdoodle, oatmeal raisin, all the, exactly all the regular American things. chewy yep. cookies? Okay. Totally. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. This one is definitely like a, you know, since the pandemic trend, which is frozen gyoza. Like mm-hmm. this was like, uh, you know, potsticker dumplings. This is something you could always get like at a, uh, at a, a supermarket and still can. But now there are shops completely devoted to them. There's one like a block from us that uh, we got, we got some for dinner um, that were really good. And that place is like staffed like a normal store with normal store hours. But there is mm-hmm. also a chain of 24 hour unstaffed frozen gyoza places that we passed by in a different neighborhood and peeked in. Is it like Picard, Les Surgelés? Like an entire like frozen store, like self-serve? But it's really small and they really only sell a couple of different flavors of frozen dumplings. And because this is Japan, the way you pay is there is a wooden box that you put a bill of like like cash (laughs) into. Like, it would be the easiest thing in the world to grab this box and walk off. And and I guess no one has. Is there a place to, like, uh, cook your gyoza in there? No, it's only to take home. (laughs) No, there isn't a stove. Well, no, but I just feel like, why would... I mean, I love the fact that these are 24 hours a day. Sure. But, like, three in the morning, let's say you're coming home from the bar. Right, You need to stop and get your gyoza. But why would you need frozen gyoza in the middle of the night? (laughs) Like you need to be able to cook it. You know, I think I think partly it's partly it's a gimmick. Just like, you know, come check out our store like you've never been in a store like this before. And like, you know, partly it's people like coming home late from work, although like supermarkets are open late after work. So and I think partly it's just like it would cost more to send someone over to close and reopen the store than to just leave it open since it's unstaffed anyway. This is delightful and perplexing. Yeah, I liked it. Are there other, uh, are there like, um, I remember there being a kiosk outside Alba Ramen where we ordered our, our ramen and then we would take the ticket inside. Are there yeah. more like kiosk or vending machine kind of things, especially since the pandemic? Okay. Like that so make things contact free, so to speak? A couple of things. Yes. So first off, there is this place in our neighborhood. By the way, we're staying in the Nishiogikubo neighborhood. There's this place in our neighborhood that uh, took us a while to figure out and uh, Watzel finally figured it out. It looks kind of like the automat like where you would get like, you know, prepared meals from a window, like in a cafeteria, like in New York in the 50s. 
because it was like, it looked, at first we thought it was like storage lockers. Then we're like, no, there's food in there. And it turned out it's attached to a bakery. And we think it started as like a social distancing thing. Like, you know, you go in and like, instead of going up to the counter at the bakery, you put money in a box and uh, and take your, your uh, you know, shelf stable bake your cookies or biscuits or whatever from, uh, from a little locker. And so Lori got some just because it was fun. And this was while the bakery is open. But we also passed a vending machine outside a curry restaurant that is only the vending machine only operates when the restaurant is closed and you can like buy frozen curry to make at home from a vending machine like this restaurant's curry rice like from the vending machine. And we did. Did you do it? Yeah, we got we got like a chicken chicken and cheese curry and it was really tasty. And does it come out, is it like in a vacuum sealed pouch or what form does it come in? It's just, yeah, it's like in, it's not vacuum sealed, but it's like in a plastic pouch uh, that's in like wrapped up in paper with instructions and you just microwave it. Was it like as good as curry from a restaurant, like at the restaurant? No, but like as far as microwave dinners go, it was very tasty. Delightful. Is there anything, you know, okay, so like I know Mr. Donut, your favorite donut chain. Oh, we need Mr. to talk about donut, this. Mr. Uh, donut always has seasonal specials or like monthly specials. Oh, yes. Like, you know, speaking of what's hot right now, what's going on at Mr. Donut? Okay, so we're we're kind of on the cusp right now. I'm, okay. I'm not sure if I use this term correctly because we're seeing like the the tail end of Valentine's Day donuts and then the beginning of Sakura Cherry Blossom Season Donuts. And we've tried both. Oh, yes. For years, I've been wanting to try, like, for Valentine's Day is a chocolate holiday here, like like it is the world over, I guess. And so for years, I've been wanting to try the, like, chocolate-ass donuts for Valentine's Day for Misto, and we just barely caught it. They're just finishing up. Usually, they uh, they team up with a famous chocolatier. This year, it's uh, Toshi Yoroizuka, who has, like, a few shops around, around Tokyo. And these donuts are deluxe. They come in a little cardboard box. And uh, the one, we've had a couple, but like one of them was one of the best donuts I've ever eaten. It's called the Chocolate Triolet, which uh, I think is a totally made up word. And so the website described it as ganache chocolate cream, chocolate whip, curled chocolate and candied almond topping, and a dusting of cocoa powder to finish. Is this what you sent me the picture of? It sure is. It looked like something that like a high-end French patisserie would make, but in donut form. Like it looked like it had many different textures, uh, creamy things going on, crunchy things, toasted nuts. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, it's like it's like a French cruller kind of shaped donut, although like denser and crunchier uh, chocolate dough and then and then stuff piped and sprinkled on top. And really, like I would have been happy with just the donut and the dusting of cocoa powder because like it's really bitter chocolate. The crunch is incredible. It's just like an amazing donut that was less than two dollars. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. <laughs> yeah. Was there like a big line to get this? Was it, there, is it like the kind of thing where they sell out? Yeah, it totally is. And there was a big line because we went on the emperor's birthday, which is February 23rd. And it is a, a national holiday. And uh, people, people mostly get the day off of work, although not people who work at Mr. Donut, obviously. And kids get the day off school. So lots, it's a big shopping day and like lots of families out in the park. But yeah, there was a big line at Mr. Great. <laughs> um, okay. You want to hear about you want to hear about some other February stuff? I, I want to hear about some other February stuff. Although, when is this episode coming out? In March? Do you want to tell us about the future? <laughs> 
What what's um, happening in March? Wow, I real, I'm realizing, yeah, like probably should have looked ahead to. Well, okay, so March. When, when does this episode actually come out? March 9th. I was going to tell you about something that happens on March third. Oh man! <laughs> you know what? Our new slogan. You know how our our old slogan was uh, the show that's on not even on the same continent, and we can't eat things together. And yeah, uh, and yeah, one of us yeah. is in first class, and one of us is in coach. The yeah. our new our new slogan is screw you, listeners. That's right. We're going to tell you about some cool things that that I ate that that are no longer available. Okay, um, great, uh, Matthew. You better really make it worth our while. Feed our ears. But, I mean, all of these things are going to repeat next year. Like you know, it's still going to be the emperor's birthday next year. It's still going to be Valentine's Day donuts next year, and it's there's still going to be Hinamatsuri Doll Festival next year on March third. Oh, oh, oh! That's what you were going to tell us about. Okay, so it's yeah. a doll festival. Yes. Okay. So this okay. is this is a Japanese holiday that I like had a vague understanding of and continue to have a vague understanding of. So I'm definitely going to get some of this wrong. Uh, Hinamatsuri <laughs> is it's a uh, Shinto holiday where you set up a display of ornamental dolls in your house dressed in Heian period garb. Okay. And the when display... was the Heian period? Oh wow! I probably should have looked that up before putting this. <laughs> yes, on the you should have, Matthew. <laughs> I'm going to say. A I'm going to guess the 17th century. That is my guess. Okay. Let's see how wildly wrong that is. (laughs) Okay. uh, Producer Abby definitely cut out the part where I said 17th century. The Heian period ran from 794 to 1185. Okay. All right, Matthew. It's cool. That's, we're that's only still off by the 17th some hundreds century, of years, technically, right? So, okay. So, what does it look like if you're dressed in Heian period garb? Like very fancy, flowing, bustly dresses, kimonos. Okay. Um, okay. And that gives the these dolls like a very particular triangular shape because, like the the bustle is very bustly um and it's like a spring puberty like you know girls coming of age kind of holiday and also like you know spring purification so like there are you know if you go out in the country there are uh you know nagashi bina ceremonies which is like flowing doll where um they make uh, the same kinds of dolls out of paper or straw and send them down a river to carry your impurities and sin away I hope that all these papers are like, I don't know, biodegradable or they're using. Yeah, I mean, I don't think this happens a lot, but yeah, probably they catch them a little further down the river and like they they, uh, they drag the river for the bodies of these dolls. <laughs> are you going to send are you going to send all your impurities down the river on March 3rd? That's right. That, what, what do you do with your impurities? I dump them in a river. Like, well, that's not I, li- illegal, right? I usually just put mine in the yard waste bin. Mm, I mean, okay. geez, Good point. you know. Oh, should we talk about Japanese garbage sorting again? No, God, no. <laughs> okay. okay, but anyway, so do you buy the... So, hold on. I'm just trying to figure this doll festival out. So do you buy the doll yeah, and so, th- then throw the doll in a river? No, no. Like, because the actual dolls are super expensive, although I'm sure you can get them at all sorts of price levels like it's you like build a collection over time and like display the ones you've got each year but the thing that i am enjoying about it is that it is so fun to see like a holiday that is that is uh not widely celebrated in the u.s become like like a commercialized like it like steamrolled by commercial capitalism the same way our (laughs) holidays do because like they've got like a a big like flyer for like get your hinamatsuri you know raw fish on rice dog 
Lombardy bowls at the at the fish fish and rice bowl restaurant around the corner from us. Like, is there a real tie in there? I doubt it. Wait, but hold on. So yeah. so do they like uh, carve the fish into the shape of a Hinamatsuri doll? No, they're just like a bunch of dolls on the flyer and uh, and the color scheme sort of sort of match the dolls. Well, this sounds this sounds festive. I mean, it sounds like it would make a kind of chilly time of year maybe go a little faster because you're thinking about <laughs> about cleansing yourself and, and throwing things in, in, filling rivers with garbage. And yeah, that's, I mean, that's, what could be more fun? That's right. Yeah, no, I've been thinking a lot about filling rivers with garbage. <laughs> Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Why pick one city, one beach, one restaurant, or even one view? With Celebrity Cruises, you can have it all. Explore the best of Europe, the Caribbean, and Alaska with the best premium cruise line. And now get 75% off your second guest, plus bonus savings on select dates with Celebrity Cruises' semi-annual sale. Visit Celebrity.com, call 1-800-CELEBRITY, or contact your travel advisor. Offer applies to non-refundable fares and select sailing. Savings vary by stateroom category. Other terms apply. Visit Celebrity.com for details. Ships Registry Malta. Speaking of cleansing yourself, Lori and I went to the neighborhood Sento, which is the public bath. Mm. Um, and like if you're picturing like, a, you know, like a lavish, like hot spring type of arrangement, this is not it. This is this is like, you know, a, a shower area and then like one big hot bathtub with some with okay. some jets. OK. And uh, but it's great because it's uh, indoor heating in in Japan is not is not as uh like you know, everybody has it, but it's it's not like central heat for in in most apartments. It's like one heater that's in the bedroom and doesn't heat the whole apartment. So you're kind of chilly a lot of the time in winter. Mm -hmm. And like mm -hmm. when you go in the Sento, like it's it's like for me, it's been kind of the only time when I felt like my whole body warmed up. Mm -hmm. uh, so it was really nice. And we noticed floating in the bath were some bags of pomelo fruits that had been like cut into quarters. Okay. Uh, like giving the bath a really nice scent. And then like when we checked in like and paid, they gave us a little box of pomelo candy. And you may know this candy under the name Botan Rice Candy. Yeah, Are you yeah, familiar yeah. with this? Yeah. Okay. I did not know until today that botan is a is a, like a you know shortening of the word bontan which it means pomelo and it is pomelo flavored rice candy. Oh. Yeah. I had no I, I, idea. Yeah, no, I missed this entirely. Like, did yeah. not understand. The That candy is from Kagoshima Prefecture. And starting about five years ago, the Pomelo Farmers Association of, of Akune City, Kagoshima, started a promotion. And the promotion is just to get Sentos to put Pomelos in the bath as a way of, like, promoting, like, Pomelos and selling some Pomelos. Okay? Did it make you want to go out and buy a Pomelo? No, because like they're really big and and I think hard to eat. Okay, these are <laughs> but, the ones. But, I, I think that uh, I, I always so pomelos. I mean, the pith is so thick, right? Like, or is it the rind that's so thick? I don't know. Yeah, actually. The, the, 
well, what's the difference between rind and pith? Like, like the, 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 the like, outside, like, the part you zest is not super thick, but the white part is super thick. Yeah. I always find it really pleasing when they have one on display in the supermarket and you can, like, marvel at how thick it is. Yeah, it there looks was very one pillowy. On, yeah, there's one on the counter at the Cento, and I was like, hey, buddy. <laughs> Which is your answer for everything. Yeah. And so, hold on. I have a question about the Cento. Mm-hmm. Does the Cento have the same sort of prohibition on tattoos that an onsen would? It does, yes. Okay. Although, like, you know, did they did they ask, was there anything posted? Like, would anyone really give you trouble if you went in with a tattoo? I kind of doubt it. Like, people are pretty chill and, like, no one's scrutinizing each other in the back. <laughs> Darn. Yeah, I was pleased that, like, I, I thought I was going to be the youngest person there by decades. But actually, no, there were, there was like, you know, ages from, like, 20 to probably over 100. <laughs> That sounds truly delightful. Bathing, yeah. uh, bathing with many generations and pomelos. Yeah, oh, it's, yeah, pom- pomelos so, and penises. That was the that was so the nice, <laughs> so nice. Um, Matthew, wait a minute, hold on, yeah. hold on. I want to talk about something. Oh please, no, no. So, Listeners only want to hear me talk nonstop and interrupt you. So hold on, okay. So I keep thinking about. So you texted me a photo of the Muji section in Lawson. I'm sorry, yeah. we're gonna go back to. To, of course, uh, yeah. to, to, to Muji. Because as I was looking at it, I was thinking about, you know, how great their gel pens are and whatever. And that got me thinking about stationary stores in general. Yes. Because I still, I mean, when I was with you in Tokyo over three years ago now, I'm so sorry, I've got my dog in my office and he's just a hot mess. <laughs> Send him off I to the bro- dog center. I brought back a bunch of uh, of notebooks because I love the you know the velvety paper you can get like in a cheap notebook there, and so I've got this drawer in my desk that still has that still has all these notebooks in it, and I just was thinking about how much I loved. I think I went to the stationery store three or four times in the ten days that we were there because I just get so much pleasure out of looking at all the different notebooks, pens, etc. And it made me realize I don't know the last time I saw a dedicated stationery store in the U.S. Yeah. Whereas like in Tokyo, I mean, I, I can only speak for Tokyo because it's the only Japanese city I've been to. It seemed like there was one in uh, like every micro neighborhood. Yeah, no, it's true. There are there are at least three and maybe four stationery stores in our neighborhood here. Which is which is like not like a notable neighborhood. I mean, you know, there are there are like gift stores and things like that in the U.S. that might have a little stationery section. You know, if you go to like a university bookstore in Seattle, they've yeah. got a whole stationery area. But that is it is not like a standalone thing. And I found myself the other night uh, as I was feeding a baby at three in the morning thinking about how much I would love to just go like run my fingers over a bunch of <laughs> notebooks in a stationery store. Have you, there, have you gone into, have you bought anything at the stationery yeah, store? Yeah. First of all, I was going to say like, I, there's, there's a place that I've been to that I don't know if it's still there at Fisherman's Terminal, like near Fisherman's Terminal in like a little in, strip in mall. Sa- in Seattle? In Ballard. Yeah. And then there's, there's Paper Hammer near Pike Place Market. So there are stationery stores in, in Seattle. Well, not sure. There, of course, yeah. there are stationery stores in Seattle, but, but there I mean, isn't when one was, like. It's not like I feel like stationery stores are to Tokyo neighborhoods as like cheese stores are to <laughs> yes. French neighborhoods. Yeah. Like 
there are the there are these dedicated places whereas in the states what these dedicated places sell is lumped into bigger stores yeah i mean i think part of that i'm going is out like, on a uh, limb here yeah is like car culture in the u.s that uh, sure. you know makes everything have to be like big and far apart. Sure. But yeah, we went to this this uh, delightful little stationery store, store called Tonadino, which means like next to or like neighbor. And it, uh, it's the kind of place where like, you know, everything they sell is like, you know, something hand selected that the owner wanted to carry. Like I've been to stationery stores that felt like they sell like, like gag gifts and, and stuff that mm-hmm. I was not very interested mm-hmm. in. But this is like just like an everything nice store. I bought some I bought some bird stickers and, uh, and Lori got some some stationery and the like the owner of the shop was really nice. And one thing I loved about it, which um, I've noticed this in a couple places now that it seems like. There must be a thing where school or like elementary schools like do a field trip to a local business and learn about that business. And then they make posters because like there were posters from elementary school students uh, oh, like handwritten so and hand drawn on the on the wall. Like, you know, about like the owner of the shop and like why she named it Tonadino and like hand drawn picture of the stationery store from like, you know, so and so from this elementary school second grade. It was delightful. <laughs> Do you remember as a kid, like having other kids in your class or knowing other kids in your school whose parents owned businesses? Oh, I certainly do. Did you? No, no. But did you feel like you were close to celebrity? Like you had access to celebrity because you knew these families? Yes. No, I'm, I'm thinking of one in particular whose family owned a bunch of Burger King franchises. We've talked about this before. And then like, uh, this kid at this kid's birthday party, there were they, the Burger King truck pulled up and we could order as much Burger King as we wanted. (laughs) Oh my God. No, of course I mean, that think- kid was a celebrity. Are you kidding? Yeah. No, but I mean, I really felt like, I think somehow I felt that it was like a bigger deal to own a business than it really is. And so <laughs> therefore knowing these like kids or families who owned businesses, I, I truly felt that uh, like I had had a brush with stardom. Sure. <laughs> like going to school with Jessica Shepard, whose parents owned Pioneer Pies. Oh, you don't have to tell me. Everyone or, knows about, um, about the Shepherd the Shepherd Pie dynasty. Uh, or there was this girl named Pumpkin Brannon. Who's, no. Yes, yes. And Pumpkin's parents were caterers, or maybe it was just her dad. But her dad made these amazing orange rolls. And I don't know if I got to have them at some point at some school thing. I don't know how I would have known about this. But I thought it was like the coolest thing that like the kid of the, the orange roll yeah. guy was in my class. I wonder where Pumpkin is now you know i i knew i knew robin and sometimes got to eat robin's cookies before she opened hello robin oh i thought you meant like like robin like call your girlfriend like you oh, went to school yeah, with robin like, yeah before she before she got into singing when she was when she like had a stationery <laughs> store like yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah oh man it was so and cool like, and you could just go over and like watch tv with her right yeah, yeah, yeah. like you know she was like i'm out i'm over here dancing on my own do you want to come over um uh, <laughs> What are some other She's like, Robin you can songs? hang with me. Yeah, uh, yeah, hang with me. Um, <laughs> yeah, and 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 has she ever sent you a letter that says that she's missing you? Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, sorry. Now we're getting into more boring song titles. <laughs> Um, <laughs> we, we were just a couple, a couple of dance hall queens back then. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. We, we should we should know better. <laughs> nice one, Matthew. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Um, all right. N- none of none of them. No. What was the, what's none, the song? Yeah. 
I think that's what it's yep. called. Yeah, um, I think you're right. All right. Can I tell you about a couple more things? <laughs> I'm oh my almost, God. We're yes. almost done, but okay. I can't stop. Okay. Okay. Um, it's Let's it's go. okay. Like it's just it's just you and me now. Like all the all the listeners have have tuned out. Um, so we can we can talk about anything. We can say the stuff that normally we just, just canceled for. Hurry up. <laughs> okay. Um, I've talked on the show before about this wonderful series of uh, of comics called uh, "Is Kichi Joji the Only Place to Live?" They are available in English, although only as eBooks. And uh, I love go- they're they're a, um, a series of comics about a uh, quirky real estate agency where people come when they they are like starting a new stage in life and they take them to the perfect neighborhood and perfect apartment for them. And these are all like real neighborhoods in Tokyo, and they visit like you know restaurants and other places along the way. And I've went to, gone to two places from uh, from the books on this trip, and uh, actually three, but I'm going to mention two. <laughs> Normally, I say like don't bother like going out to some specific place in Tokyo, just like wander around your neighborhood and like check out the places there. It'll be great. I'm going to make an exception for these two places. So number one is Musashino Place Library, which is in Musashi Sakai. This is one of the best libraries I have ever been to. It is an incredibly beautiful modern building with like a spiral staircase in the middle. And like, it's quirky. It's got, it's like rounded. It's, it's got some like, you know, sort of uh, like lumpy, gouty-esque touches, but also like just incredible reading areas. Like there were classes going on. There's like a teen center and, uh, and it's open like six days a week from 9.30 a.m. to 10 p.m. And like, mm-hmm. you know, if you if you love pub- public libraries like, uh, you know, Watzel and Molly and I do, if you're in Tokyo, go to this library. Do you feel like, do you remember uh, what was the place, Book Apartment or something that you loved yes. to go to? Do you feel like there's any aspect of, of being in there that scratches that urge? Like, I know you used Absolutely. to, like, to just yes. sit and read and pass time in Book Apartment. Yeah. Because it's a um, library. You can read any of the, you can sit by sure. the window and read any of the books. There's a wonderful magazine section. They don't have a ton of stuff in English, but they have some. Uh, there's free Wi-Fi. It's great. There's a wonderful cafe. They sell postcards of the library that I'm going to give bring you some of. You, Molly, not you, the listener who's no longer listening. Oh, you can't have any. That's but right. I can. Yeah, you will. Uh, what else, Matthew? What else have you been doing that uh, you learned about from these books? Okay, so this is this is a non-frozen gyoza restaurant where where they will cook them for you and you can eat them on the premises. It's called Nogata Gyoza, and it's uh, it's near Nakano, so so you Molly know mm-hmm. know approximately where it is. And it's kind of it's kind of a trendy place, but in a very nice way. And the food absolutely more than lives up to the hype. I got uh, like boiled gyoza with. Dan Dan noodle sauce kind of so like sesame, spicy, sesame, garlicky meat sauce, uh, which mm-hmm. was fantastic. And then I had uh, the wonderful experience of like, you know, it said, uh, you know, pickles, like, you know, one, one for like 300 or an assortment for, for 500. And I'm like, you know, I'm not, I don't have a huge appetite. I don't need a whole pickle platter. Like I'm going to ask what the one pick, what, what their options are in order one pickle. She started reeling off the pickle options. I'm like, give me the platter. Like I need to have all of these, some of the best pickles I have ever eaten in my life. And like, I live in Seattle. There's a lot of pickles. That sounds amazing. Yeah, like uh, the I will I will have uh, dreams about the like turmeric pickled burdock root. Just incredible. Amazing. Uh, I've got I've got one more thing and then I think I think I'm done. And then uh, and then you can take over and, and talk for an hour. 
Great. I can't wait. Um, I'm, I'm going to really enjoy telling the zero listeners we have left all about what's um, like, what's new with your dog. <laughs> what's new with my dog. What, what else have I been thinking about in the middle of the night while feeding a baby other yeah. than stationary stores? Um, I've, I surely I've got a hot take. Yeah, no, I'm when when I get back, I'm going to come over. I'm going to I'm going to like look after that baby for a little while and you and Ash can do whatever. That sounds amazing. That I'm sounds serious, delightful. Count on it. I'm going to show up unexpectedly. It's going to okay. be a pop in. Oh, God. Oh, I'm going to I'm going to uh, like wander into your house at 3 a.m. looking for the frozen gyoza store. Um, as long as as I can hand you the baby. Uh, yeah, I, I, I will gladly show you where the freezer is and you can see if you find any gyoza in there. But you got to you got to deal with the baby. No, no, you'll hand me the baby and I'm going to and I'm going to say, hey, hello, my frozen gyoza. Is it? Um, okay, I've been I've been like turning on the TV every night and uh, watching some uh, delightful delightful shows, and I stumbled upon the least ambitious premise for a TV show that I have ever heard in my life. Okay, um, and okay, so here, as far as I could tell, here is the gist of the show: they drop like four uh, people, four presenters, in some neighborhood, and tell them that they need to take the bus to somewhere else, kind of in the same neighborhood. So not very far. Okay. And they're going to roll a die to see how many bus stops they can ride before they have to get off the bus. And then when they get off the bus, they have to go into a restaurant and eat something. And then they can come back and roll the die and get on the bus again. <laughs> There's no, nobody wins or loses. <laughs> This sounds fantastic. <laughs> it was, I loved it so much. So, and like part of it is that, uh, um, first of all, they all wear masks on the show while they're out on the street. They don't know where they're going to end up exactly. So they don't like pre-clear shooting in the restaurants. So they go, they have to send someone into the restaurant to say, can we film here? And sometimes the restaurant's like, no, like, like we're, it's lunchtime. Get out of here. <laughs> so, so and then they go somewhere else. And of course they, they end up like eating way too much food, but the food all looks really good. And uh, they were just in like some neighborhood in Chiba prefecture. <laughs> I, I loved it. It was great. I wish that I could watch it. Um, maybe I'll find it. Maybe you can yeah. find a link to it. Maybe, yeah. Now that I, I bet I can like try and Google this up and maybe find a clip on YouTube or something like people, people Please. riding the bus to food. Excellent. <laughs> but it was so, so and they like, they would like throw, just throw like a regular, like six sided die just onto the street. And that's how they decided what to do next. <laughs> <laughs> It's like I one camera. It. Like they made this show for like like forty dollars, including the cost of food. It was great. Okay, uh, that's it. That's all I got. Unless you want more, because I could come up with more. Uh, no, I mean I feel I feel very satiated. Uh, Good. You know, especially given that I didn't get to have any. Yeah. No, I do. Like I, I do feel like I wish I could share this with you more. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I have to believe that someday, Matthew, we will. someday yeah. we'll get back there. We'll get back there. Yeah. Teenager um, of the Show December is, is quite pissed that their parents went to Japan without them. Oh, I bet. I bet. Have yeah. you been like uh, holding back on, on texting them or like withholding yeah, kind of. all the good stuff so that they don't hate you? Yeah. They, I mean, they want to hear about some of it, but they don't want to be bombarded with it all the time. So we're trying to be selective. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But yeah, next week uh, we're, we're taping again. It's going to be like more shit that I that I noticed in Tokyo. 
No, it's not. No, no, it's not. It's not. Uh, in fact, next week, aren't we talking about something that I am going to be a yes. little bit of the authority on? Absolutely. Uh, next week, we are yeah. going to be talking about uh, meal train favorites uh, or or meal train strategies or meal train choo-choo. Yeah. So yeah, so I'm I'm like really happy to to it's like you know a real privilege to to have gotten to like come back and travel to Japan again. Like there are some like bittersweet things about being here. Like I thought I sort of had this idea that uh, like I would just be deliriously happy for two weeks nonstop, and that's not how life actually works. But like I'm enjoying it and have been like a normal level of happy, which is good. That's fantastic. Did you have any sort of feeling when you, especially when you first arrived a week ago? this feeling of like you thought you might never be there again or like a, a, like a surreal kind of feeling as yeah. you stepped back into that world for sure and then also like a lot of anxiety around like uh like have i completely forgotten how to speak japanese and i'm gonna am i gonna be like constantly like embarrassed about that but no mm -hmm. it's fine great yeah so i recommend it everyone ev all listeners all let's all show up meet at uh, nogata gyoza next next year on the emperor's birthday if they're open <laughs> terrific and we will be having what is it turmeric pickled burdock root exactly yeah so good i can't I believe i carrots. remembered that i thought it was carrots at first uh because because like you know the turmeric color like it makes it orange and and they're kind of carrot shaped and i bit it mm -hmm. oh it's so good so good. There's also <laughs> celery kimchi. Okay. Uh, we have given uh, our producer a, a lot to do today. Uh, our producer yeah. is Abby Circatella. Bless her. Uh, Molly has a delightful newsletter called I've Got a Feeling that you can subscribe to at mollyweisenberg.substack.com. And Matthew uh, has been making music lately with his band Early to the Airport. Matthew, how can they find your music? Yeah. Just uh, search for Early to the Airport on any service where you listen to or buy music. The EP is going to be out soon, but the, the first single Cornerstones is out now. We already forced you to listen to it at the end of a recent episode. Uh, thank you for the people who said nice things about it, and uh, there will be more soon. Excellent. Well, you can rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts, and you can chat with other Spilled Milk listeners at everythingspilledmilk.reddit.com. And until next time, thank you for listening to Spilled Milk. The show that looks like a carrot, but is actually a turmeric pickled burdock root. I'm Matthew <laughs> Amster Burton. I came up with that one. I'm Molly. <laughs> and now and now you can send this episode down the river and, and uh, <laughs> get rid of your... And your be free. And be free. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Bye. bye. <sighs> can you hear my dog whining? I can't. You're good. Oh, here, let me see if I can get him. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> uh, no, he doesn't want to. He's feeling shy. Gil, should we should we bring in Gilbert as a third host? Yeah, he's kind of inarticulate. He's still like working on his consonants. Yeah, okay. It's but all I mean, just so are sort we. of like. Let's be true. fair. Like that's we don't true. we don't talk pretty one day. No, but we will. But we Me will talk pretty one day. <laughs> oh my God, we're struggling here. Let's get no, this no, no. show this on the good. road. Let's. I, I'm already on the road. Oh, that's true. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Town Place Suites by Marriott. 
Whether you're traveling for work or just enjoying a relaxing week away, Town Place Suites by Marriott has all the comforts of home. Yeah, and if you're a spilled milk listener, we bet that sometimes you want to cook when you travel. And Town Place Suites by Marriott has a Weber grill on the patio. They've got a microwave, dishwasher, stovetop, full-size refrigerator. You are good to go. In other words, Town Place Suites by Marriott has all the amenities you need to feel at home during your stay. Find the comforts of home at Town Place Suites. Go there with Marriott Bonvoy.